0: Hey, it's Juice Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. Before we start this podcast, we are asking for your help. Uh, what? This kind of sounds like I, we're asking. Yeah. What? This sounds like we a,
1: need your
0: help. Donate today. <laughs> uh, no, we want you to take a second before this podcast starts. Go to your Spotify app right now. Click over and give us a five star review. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can do the same. And the biggest thing that does is help our podcast grow, so more basketball fans around the world get to check out our content
1: thumbs up five stars they're all priceless so please and thank you so much for not only always consuming our content but really taking that extra minute to do that thank you so much everyone let's
0: start the show deuce and mo deuce and mo deuce and mo they tell you what they know deuce and mo deuce and and mo Deuce and mo the podcast that you know and hey, welcome into the juice and mo podcast Morgan Reagan the NBA draft is quickly approaching so that means we are cramming we are trying to learn some of these players
1: <laughs> well this is okay I used to cram like the day before tests so at least I'm doing this like the month of or weeks before right
0: yeah that's what we do because yes. we are draft <laughs> casuals. We're watching NBA games all the time, so we like to find experts who know what they're talking about. And one guy we've been talking to for years is Bobby Gerald over at hoopobsession.com. We caught up with him to talk all things draft. He ranks the players on his website, and he does deep dives. Enjoy our conversation with the one and only Bobby Gerald. So the NBA draft is coming up in just a few weeks. I feel like the excitement's a little different now because the Kings are picking 24th rather than number four overall, but we still want to know what the hell is going on. So we talk to people that know what's going on, who pay attention to it. One of our favorites, Bobby Gerald. He does great stuff at hoopobsession.com where he's got his player rankings up for the draft. He updates it. And he joins us now on the Do Some O podcast. How you doing, Bobby? I'm well. How about you all? Good. We're great. Yeah. I mean, are, are you still as excited about the draft process, even though the Kings don't have some crazy high lottery pick?
2: Yeah, even I mean, for me, uh, whether or not the Kings even have a pick, it, yeah. it wouldn't matter. I, you know, I, I get goofy for the for the NBA draft and always have. That's kind of been my thing. Started really concentrating on it in uh, 1999. I mean, I was always interested in it, but. In 99, I kind of made it a, a point to, I'm like, I'm going to really get into this because there were some pics before that, that I just didn't understand. And, and I would hear things and get information and then it would turn out to not be true. And I was like, I don't trust the people who are <laughs> telling me these things. So I want to know for myself. So I just started digging into it and, and I'm super OCD about it. So, um, that's how it, that's how it is. I love and it. We have a visitor.
1: Oh, oh yeah. wait. And hi, Prince. Prince. Hi, Prince. Oh, th- does... hey Kim, can you come and get Prince?
0: <laughs> I, I, Prince the cat always making appearances.
2: I know, like,
1: um, pay attention to me. Why are you watching so much basketball? Was, and the thing is,
2: is he, I just asked her before we came. I was like, you think he's all right? She's, like, oh, he's totally looking at birds outside the window. He's going to be fine.
1: It's always when you push record is when the animals right. come, right? Yep. So. Right. Um, you know, Bobby, you're taken care of. Fine, you're talking about how you you have not only been doing this for so long, but like have the OCD for it. I feel like over the years, especially being in this market, even if you're looking at all the guys, it's probably has been fun really doing some of the research on who the Sacramento Kings can get in the lot with some of those lottery picks. Now the Kings have the 24th pick. So did you change the way that you went about things or was it just as exciting? Are you excited about the talent that is in this draft even when you start going more into the twenties?
2: Yeah, uh, I think you can still get a good player. And I think Some of that is because, as you two both know, there'll be some swings and misses, right? So there's a chance for the people towards the end of the first round, I think, to take advantage of the swings and misses. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. And I think there's a a debate I've heard around town about, you know, do you take a risk here because you're a little bit more established now? You are a playoff team. Maybe it gives you a little bit of wiggle room or... Do you just try to go and pick, you know, another thing that uh, another player that's as mm. much of a sure thing as you could possibly find at pick 24? And, um, you know, whether or not that player is there well, it, it remains to be seen. But um, it's an interesting conversation to have. How are you two feeling about it? Do you want the big swing or you want to base it?
0: You know, Bobby, I go back and forth because, you know, you, you could take the big swing And that player maybe ends up in Stockton and you have to deal with developmental and how does that come about? But then you start looking around and going, can you find the Walker Kessler, Christian Brown, who Mm -hmm. is still young enough and still has upside, but can also help you this year? Mm -hmm. I don't
2: know. Does that player exist? Mm -hmm. I think he does. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I'm a fan of Trace Jackson Davis, but he's 23 years old. And so Oh, he's know, ancient. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know how it is in the in the NBA draft circles. Um, people want to discount the the seniors. Um, but I I really feel like Trace Jackson Davis, if you watch him, he'd be a good fit, actually, too. So he's talented. And I think he'd be a good fit. Um, you know, he's he could score in the low post um, really well. And if you double team him, and he did require a double team in college, uh, he has the vision and ability to pass out of that double team. So in in that sense, I think you get something that the Kings don't really have when Domas comes off uh, off the floor right now, whether it was Lynn or Rashawn Holmes or Kata, whoever was coming in, or even Trey Lyles to some extent uh, playing a little bit smaller. Uh, As the backup center, when that would happen, it was almost like the Kings offense had to totally change because you couldn't throw it to to, you know, the center in the high post and then have action cutting off of him the way, um, you know, you get with Sabonis. I think you could continue to play seamlessly. Now, he's not Sabonis. Sure. um, You know, but he's. Not a bad consolation prize from Sabonis either with his ability to to pass and find cutters. I think he averaged four assists this year, did Trace Jackson Davis and a double double on top of that. So I mean he's he's a little bit small for a pivot in the NBA. And so that's a little bit concerning. Um, but he is a great help side shot blocker. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he's tough. He plays with force, even though he's a little bit smaller. So um I'm a fan of Trace Jackson Davis and and I think he'll be there at 24 and maybe even there's a chance that he's there um early in the second round which is what uh what's what's the Kings second round pick after that. Was
0: that 39?
2: Let's see. I'm like uh, 38. 38 38 38. 38, yeah. 38 yeah. yeah. So you know maybe there's a chance that he'd be there but, but he's probably gone at that point. So um That would probably be the way I'd lean right now uh, is Trace Jackson Davis. But there's a few players that I like, definitely.
1: Yeah. So I guess, and I want to get to all the players. I think these names are important to be thrown out there and for other people to, you know, go watch their highlights and get just as excited as you. Um, But one of the names that keeps getting tied to the Sacramento Kings would be Chris Murray for obvious reasons. Plus, I mean he's just another talented Murray out there. So um, how how are you feeling about him and he's going to definitely be gone before that 24th pick, right?
2: I think he'll be gone um that's that's my best my best gut guess on that. Uh, I like Chris a lot too. Um, I would definitely have him in the conversation wouldn't be mad at all if it was uh, you know Trace Jackson Davis or Chris Murray either one of them. Um, Chris is basically Keegan shooting left-handed, maybe even a little bit lighter on his feet. I don't think he's the scorer um, or maybe the accurate shooter from deep that Keegan is, Um, but he's not bad either. Um, You know, and and if you really watched him a lot like Keegan, he can score in so many ways. You know, he could take you down in the post. Uh, He's a great cutter. Um, He can shoot the three. That, you know, he could pass dribble shoot. There's really not a lot he can't do. So I think he'd be a seamless fit as well. And I think, you know, we know the Murray family, good family, Um, you know, you're not going to have any issues with the dad or, you know, outsiders or an entourage or any of that kind of stuff, as we've seen from some different uh prospects through the years with the Sacramento Kings. So um I'm a fan of Chris Murray. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I don't think he makes it past Golden State at 19. You know what I mean? He just (laughs) seems like at at that point, they would take a a player with some size who's got the shooting ability, lefty. There's a lot to like about his game. I mean, I would not hesitate to take him if he was there at 24. You have him ranked in your – I think the last one I saw, you had him number 10 in your rankings.
2: Yeah, I have him pretty high. And, you know, I do it different than than other folks. Um, You know, other folks are doing a mock draft. Sure. I'm doing just a, a a ranking of where I think where I think they should go. And, yes, I do have Chris uh, 10th right now. A lot of people would put uh, Taylor Hendricks in front of Chris, which, you know, I could probably go either way on that one. Um, Anthony Black is a guy who's a little bit lower on my list than he is on a, a lot of other people's lists. Um, Grady Dick as well. Um. So that. So there's a few guys that I'm just not as sure about as uh, as some of the other folks seem to be.
0: Who are maybe some players that are being overlooked in your mind right now in terms of the draft buzz? Because you you just talk about the mock draft and who are maybe some players flying under the radar that could be in the Kings mix.
2: Um. There's a couple that I really like that like they're not going to get picked in the first round. Another old guy is uh, Kobe Brown from uh, Missouri. He played here in the NCAA tournament at Golden One Center, Um, but he's like a 6'8", 240 wing that can shoot it, Um, will dive on the floor to get after balls. Um, You know, I think he's a possibility in the second round. Um, Santa Clara's Brandon Pajimski is someone who's interesting to me. He tested pretty well athletically at the Combine, which I think surprised some folks because I think that was the biggest question was, you know, is this guy going to be athletic enough um, when you watch him play at Santa Clara? And of course, you know, it's maybe not the greatest conference, but I think we've seen that there are a lot of players in the NBA that don't come from the biggest conferences or a power conference and can still come in and, and play some hoop. So I think Pajimski, uh has has definitely put himself into that first-round mix. Um, some of the other second-round guys I like are Jalen slawson from Furman. Um, I don't hear anybody really <laughs> ever talk about him. That's a deep um, cut. Like- uh, watching some Furman <laughs>
0: basketball, that's deep.
2: Right, Paladins. Here we go. Um, true story, I didn't even know what their nickname was until this year. It was like, I have to watch Furman. Are you serious? And then I watch this guy. He's like a 6-7 wing that can score. He's got a little Oof. got a little something to him. So, I like him as a possible second round guy. Um, I like a couple of the um of the European players. Mm. Um uh Kolabali, who he's not going to be there at all. But I mean, That's Victor's teammate, coming. right? yeah, Victor's teammate. And if you've been watching some of that, like he's really come on. He's a he's a he's a nice player. I think he might sneak into the lottery actually. Ooh, wow. And then um Nadir Hefe. I don't know if you're if you're hip to him at no. all. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, so check him out. Okay. Nadir Hefe, Um a little little combo guard that plays at NBA speed, that can shoot it, plays defense, gives an honest effort. I think he's someone who who is um A little bit of a sleeper. I know I'm going deep, deep. No, No. we love this. We
1: love this. This is why we come to you,
2: Bobby. We (laughs) we want to know these players. We want to be, especially with
0: the Kings picking later and having some second round picks. We got to know these guys. And
1: it feels like it's like we just don't know what's going (laughs) to happen, so we have to know a lot more guys (laughs) than usual, (laughs) Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And you just you just mentioned a whole bunch of guys, (laughs) but I'm I'm curious, and it could be one of those guys. Do you have? just a draft crush this year. It doesn't even have to be for the Kings. It could just be like, oh, what? Wait, wasn't Bobby, uh, super into shade and sharp that, or it was, or, okay. Yes. I remember, I remember you talking about Shane sharp. Like you always have a draft crush. Who is it this, this year?
2: This year, my draft crush is Jarris Walker from Houston. Um, mm. If there was one player that I think would just be perfect for the Kings, it would be him. Like if there was anyone to trade, it'd have to be a trade up thing. He's gonna go in the lottery, um, but you know he's he's about LeBron size um, and, and has the agility um, that you just don't see from from people that size. Um, a little bit of a question about the three-point shot. Um, he did shoot it at a respectable clip, I think 34 35% this year. Um, so, you know, that's certainly passable, a little bit below league average and not on high volume. So I think that's a little bit of a concern as some people are like, is he really a stretch four or is he going to end up being a low-percentage shooter guy? Um, but just hard hat, like dive on the floor, uh spit nails he'd be one of your favorites deuce there's no doubt yeah. he's got that dog case and uh Kaysen wallace from kentucky's another one that i really like another defender who's just got that dog in him that gets on the floor after loose balls and uh he, again he'd be someone you'd have to trade up for but um jerris walker from houston um just he just has it. he well, has that you- hard hat and and to me you know the defensive end is where the Kings can really improve defense yes. and toughness, and I think you would solve both of those problems with Jarris Walker.
0: No surprise that that type of player is playing for Kelvin Sampson either, right? Like, right. like he, that's what he commands, absolutely. and those guys bring it. They absolutely well, bring like it.
2: Kelvin Sampson, I, I was I was interested when they said he got a interview with the bucks coaching spot i was like wow that's it might really happen this guy because i think he's such a good coach we've got more with bobby
0: gerald coming up in just a second but we should mention that today's podcast presented by joey reagan over at lion real estate hey morgan I need to find a house in Sacramento, but I don't even get where to
1: look. That's why you call Joey. He's the best in the biz when it comes to Sacramento. Seriously. He's been like one of the top sellers and everything. People keep coming to him to buy and sell their home. So make sure to check out his website, but He's one of those people that you can just connect with at all times of the day. Shoot him a text if you have any interest. I I know we've had some listeners just shoot him some random texts like, hey, do you have any clients that want to do this? Or, hey, I have a house. Hey, can you find me this type of house and or condo?
0: So go to his website, jreagan.golion.com. That's jreagan.golion.com. You can also call or text him today at 916-412-4592. 916-412-4592. Um, how are you feeling about the G League Ignite guys? Because again, it's another year where they're they look like they could have multiple first round picks. Of course, Scoot is going to be number two or number three. Leonard Miller looks like he's rising a bit, and then of course,
2: CD. Uh, Where are you at with, with these G League Ignite guys? So Leonard Miller's numbers are really good, right? I mean, you guys saw him play. There's some stuff that that he can do. I went to the G League Showcase as. Did you guys and watching him play my thought was and this was back in december of 2022 in in las vegas my thought was here's a kid playing with grown men is kind of you know and from a maturity standpoint his game seemed that way to me i thought if you looked at some ignite games after that after the showcase i thought he got better and his numbers got better he ended up averaging a double double um on the season and you see some of the things he can do in transition other people just can't do. I mean, he has some athletic gifts. A little bit of that disconnect, though, I thought with him and his teammates. So uh, I try not to overanalyze. Right, Morgan? We've been through this before <laughs> yeah. where we don't want to, We don't want to overanalyze the personality and pigeonhole somebody. But it's hard to go against your instincts. Like if your gut is telling you, hmm, there might be something just a,
1: just I I don't know what it is. As a teammate, all- though, or like a personality trait? I I just thought just
2: young, just young, like his game just seemed young, like some of the shots he would take. Mm. And, and then I spoke with, you know, you know how it is. You speak with people and you, and you, you know, I talked to some teammates and you know, who's your favorite teammate? Well, his name didn't come up first. Uh, The guy whose name did come up first was city Sissoko. Everyone loves city Sissoko. So, um, but I think, you know, he has a ways to go from, uh, I'd like to see him be more aggressive. I'll put it that way. I think I think he settles on the perimeter a little bit too much for someone with his considerable skill, athleticism. Um but again, he's just a kid and and some of these kids, some are gonna regress a little bit and and maybe it'll be too much for him. And some of them are gonna get better, you know, through development and time. and he seems sosoko seems like the kind of kid that if he was there at twenty fourth and we drafted him, I would think that, you know, with all of the development coaches and everything that Sacramento has, they could probably mold something out of, out of this guy. And, you know, so I wouldn't be mad at all if if uh, Sissoko was one of the picks.
0: How concerned are you with, with the shooting numbers?
2: Yeah, he's never been a never been an acceptable shooter, although he likes to shoot him. Right. Mm-hmm. So um that's it's I'm saying I'd say it's a concern. I, what do you guys think? You watched him.
0: You know, I, probably you probably more. no. I you probably watched him a lot more with with our schedule. I mean, I saw him a couple of times, especially that last uh, visit to Stockton, and he, that was one of his better games. I mean, you, you just mm. you see the upside there. Right. You know, it's it, it may take a minute, and that that's the biggest thing when I look at him. I go, all right, you're just gonna have to be patient, and maybe that is the type of swing you take if you believe that he could three years from now be an impact guy on your team yeah you take them so um yeah I mean I guess my biggest concern is when when players don't shoot well I think it you just need to be able to shoot in this league Um, I mean we can love guys all day long and I do the same thing I've talked about this like Jared Vanderbilt you know I I, I, there's a lot to like there what he does defensively
2: in the playoffs the Lakers couldn't play him right you know, and, and and that's scary in this draft. Like I've tweeted before, I'd be scared to death of some of these prospects. There's a ton of guys who can't shoot. The Thompson twins are not acceptable shooters. Mm. Um, you could you can go right down the line here. Um, let's see. Leonard Miller, not a great shooter. Um Kaysen Wallace is like a 35 percent guy. Noah Clowney is not a shooter. Uh, Anthony Black didn't really show that he's a great shooter so there's there's quite a few guys up there you know Derek Lively is another one that I hear a lot of people talk about and you know we've seen some video of him making shots in the corner standing by himself um and so now people think he can shoot threes but you know as I pointed out on some other some other uh podcasts I mean in the NBA it's, you know, standing in a corner, shooting threes with no one guarding you is one thing and making one in an actual NBA game when a defender's running at you. is. Yep. I mean, you yep. gotta, it has to be part of your DNA, part of your game. If you go to Kings games and you watch Rashawn Holmes warm up before the game, he'll stand in the corner and make eight to 10 threes in a row. And then he gets in a game and he never shoots them. I and mean, he never really has the opportunity to shoot them. Um, and it's probably not the best first shot you would want. It's like, okay, if it's desperation and he ends up with a grenade in his hand, uh, you know, and the shot clock running down, okay, Rashawn, let it, let it fly. And he's a good free throw shooter. There's really no reason he shouldn't be having that as part, part of his arsenal. But I don't think that you're going to expect Derek Lively to come in and shoot threes. Trace Jackson Davis, as much as I've been hyping him, he doesn't shoot threes either. So,
0: yeah, I know um, some people are mentioning the fact that he is same thing where like, hey, draft combine, he is knocking them down. I'm like, right. These are just. Yeah. You're just shooting around at this. I mean, I could probably knock down some threes uh, just shooting around. You put me in the game. I'm not taking a three, Morgan.
1: Deuce is not making a (laughs) three I don't have the confidence in that
0: shot in the game.
1: And and Bobby, speaking of that next (sighs) level then, you know, I think one of the guys I want to talk a little bit more about was Scoot Henderson. We've seen him and his body grow um, day by day. It feels (laughs) like we're seeing like a new photo of him shirtless. And it's like, (laughs) did – Wait, did he just put on, like, 20 pounds of muscle again? Um, What are you expecting from him at the next level?
2: I think he's going to be really good. I mean, you know, he just, uh, uh, you know, the the shot's probably a little bit of a concern with with Scoot, too. But um, my thing is this, and and it's kind of just been a rule that I've been uh, more in tune with and more believing in over the last couple years, and that is if you can't shoot the three at 33%, then you better be special otherwise, right? I mean, that's and so we can look around the NBA at at some of those some of those players. You know, what what defines special? Well, um, we're talking Giannis, <laughs> we're talking jaw, we're talking De'Aaron Fox. You know, Fox shot 32.4 percent this year. Um, we're talking Pascal Siakam, 32 percent, DeMar DeRozan, 32, percent Josh Giddy. 32%, but I think you could say all those guys have a special skill otherwise, right? So it's when you get a little bit lower in that in that list and you start to get into your Marvin Bagley's, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who you mentioned, Hami Diallo. These are all guys that have shown flashes of brilliance otherwise but just can't consistently make shots and then you know the there's the worst example is Ben Simmons who, yeah. who just doesn't you know doesn't shoot it at all and has really ruined his career um because of it and 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 he won't even I mean he doesn't even want to shoot it like he won't even attempt them so that's an issue so you know you get get down to it with like with the non-shooters and you ask that simple question are they special otherwise and I would say scoot is right I mean I think he's he shows flashes, and I'm, you know, I'm not the comparison guy, but he shows flashes of young Derrick Rose <sighs> when Derrick Rose was, you know, just flying up and down the court. You couldn't stay in front of him and get to the basket. Um, sets other people up, and and by all accounts, and I don't know if you guys have heard anything different. Scoot's a good kid, right? Yeah. All
0: my interactions with him have been great. Amazing. Everyone I talked to around G League Ignite, they rave about him. We actually we sat down with him at Summer League last year. And we interviewed him for like thirty minutes. He was awesome, and
1: just a different yeah. type of mentality. You yeah, know, we talk yeah. about taking that to the next level when you have that different mindset of of you know just the uh, your work ethic, your yeah. passion, everything. Yeah. Like he has that drive. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't see him missing. Um, you know, and even if people people like to um, discount Russell Westbrook here in twenty twenty three, but I mean it. You know. Even if he ends up to be Russell Westbrook, we're still talking about a Hall of Fame player, right? Yeah. Even yeah. if that shot never does come along, he still he's still going to be able to get it done and provide other things uh, out there on the court. So, and I love the ignite situation. I love that um, you know, Pugeter is a teammate and and a mentor. And I like I like the coaching staff. I like I just like everything that they that they do there with the ignite. And um, I think it's a really good option for some of these young players. And as opposed to and I don't know if you guys watched any overtime elite basketball no, this year. No, we have not. It's crazy. Like crazy. Like they're all, it's all, you know, young kids, say 18 to I don't know, 20, 21. And it's, you know, back and forth, just up and down, transition, transition, not a lot of defense. <laughs> they have weird rules. They have like a power play where one, yeah, it's 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 a little bit goofy. <laughs> <Wait>. uh, <right. laughs> but uh, but apparently they they've invested in some good coaching there too you cool. know I know they they have some ex NBA guys in there working with these kids so it'll be interesting to see how the Thompson twins develop because neither one of them are great shooters but um you know I come back to my question if you, if you're not a great shooter are you otherwise sure. special and both of them are they both have athletic gifts that um other other potential draftees are like man I wish I could mm-hmm. have some of that you know what I mean so Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. I know I'm rambling here, but sometimes when I watch the Thompson twins, I, I see Josh Jackson and that worries me a little bit because, you know, from a basketball standpoint now it seems like Josh had some other things going on,
1: you
2: know, outside or off of the court or, or maybe it was just how much. He put how much time he put in or didn't put in to to his uh, trade. And I haven't heard oh, a bad word at all about the Thompson twins. Okay. So um, so maybe it's a completely different situation. But from a basketball standpoint, I look back on that draft where um, Josh Jackson went in 2017. Where did he go? He was pretty was pretty Ford
0: Phoenix, I think.
2: Yeah. Fourth pick. Wow. So it went nice. Aiton Bagley, Doncic. Josh Jackson and then, you know, Trey Young was no, still on the board. I think,
0: uh, no, that was, I think Josh Jackson was, was Fox's year, right? I think that was, so you, you had, oh, you're right, you're yeah, right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. Right. That was, was Fultz. Aaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. My bad, my bad. Fultz ball, right. Tatum. Fultz
2: ball, Tatum, Josh Jackson. Whoa. And then yeah. Fox goes and, five. And a team could have had Fox. <sighs> uh team could have had Lori Markinen, yeah. uh, Malik Monk um donovan mitchell bam out bio um so yeah thank you for correcting me there oh, i was yeah. looking at i said jay jackson jr which was jaron jackson yeah yeah in, uh, 2018 so my bad
0: um victor i mean it the hype around him is at another level <laughs> i mean it really is and i get it for sure he looks like he could be a special talent. Uh, what have what have you seen from him? Have you seen anyone quite like him in your years of watching the draft or watching these prospects?
2: I haven't. Um, you know, we've seen some some big tall players that that like to shoot from the perimeter, say Perzingis comes to mind. I'm old enough to have uh, seen a lot of Ralph Sampson play. Um, and but I think Ralph was even a little bit more around the basket. Um, but you know, you saw the probably the the video the other day of him in a layup line. He throws it off the glass, catches it, goes between the legs, and dunks it. It's like, okay, I was a dummy who who said some things um originally about uh Wimbenyama being closer to Rudy Gobert than than ah. uh, you know offensively. <laughs> and, yeah. And 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 now I'm rolling that back. Okay. I'm taking that back. Hey, that's
0: okay. We, yeah. we, we have, a, You
2: know what? At least you acknowledge it. You're not just sticking by and going, no, I'm telling oh, no. you, let's go there. I'm all about getting educated, yeah. and I still am getting educated. I mean, it's June 5th, and we've still got, still got a couple of weeks plus here before the draft actually starts, and I will change my mind on some things, definitely. But it, the thing with Wimbledon is when you first look at it in play, like I watched that that game at the beginning of the year against Ignite, And I thought Scoot was actually better than Victor in that game. I I was like, man, Victor floats a lot out on the perimeter. He's really happy to shoot his three-point shot, which he doesn't shoot well. He's never in any season. I I went back and and looked at all of his numbers. He's 27% from three-point field goal range as a pro. That's over the last four seasons. So. That's not a good percentage and he yeah. likes to shoot them on high volume. Is Popovich gonna allow him to, to do that? Um, you know, maybe he tones that down a little bit, or maybe they just give him free reign because he's you know, he's he's such a stud. But he's an 82% free throw shooter, so he has touch. Yeah. There's there's no question that he has touch. And I think the low percentage from three is probably more a function of bad shot selection and just, you know, getting some jacks up, um, taking contested shots than it is a guy who, who can't really shoot. So that's my one concern about Victor. Uh, my other concern about him is, is the um, assist, to turnover. You know, he's, he's a more turnover than assist guy, which is something I'm always big on. Um, but you know, that, that could change. And he's still he's number one on my board and that's not going to change. He's, I think, you know, he's potentially an all star guy and it'll just, it'll be up to Popovich and the Spurs to kind of rein him in a little bit offensively. But I think defensively, he's going to make such a, a dramatic difference for them.
1: And what about, what about when everyone starts talking about, um, him physically like his body and how he hasn't stopped growing and um all the stretching that he has to do before games sometimes i feel like people are trying to push out that narrative like oh you should be worried and other times i'm right there though i'm like oh yeah the 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 history of big tall people in sports alone, not just in basketball and sports and the problems that can come into play. Do, and does any of that even concern you or is it just like that can happen to anyone?
2: I'm sure it would be in the back of my head if I was the Spurs, right? I mean, you know, you look at him, he is skinny, Um and and you know you you, just somebody that long it just seems like the physics of it right I mean at some point you just wonder if if you know something bad's gonna gonna happen there and you just you hope it doesn't um you know I it'd be a risk I'd be willing to take yeah (laughs)
1: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean you know I mean you just you look at some of the things that the guy can do I mean he's such a shot blocking threat you know he he's blocking shots on the perimeter you know guys think they're think they're open. And guys are driving. He's on the other side of the lane. They think they've got a layup, and he's coming all the way across. And you know, get that. You know what I mean? It's just—it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's—it's it's, it's a little bit ridiculous, with you know, some of the some of the things. So I think that his biggest impact will be on the defensive end. And, you know, that's probably where he's going to change a team. And that's probably where I got my cockamamie. He's more go bear than, than, uh, <laughs> you know, cause I, th- I really do think he's going to make a huge defensive impact, but I don't, I don't know if he'll average 20 points in the NBA as a rookie. You know, I think he averages what 21 or 22 right now where he's at. And he is playing in a really good league, the Jeep uh, elite league. That's France's number one, you know, number one league. He's playing with grown men. Okay, so perfect world for the
0: Sacramento Kings. In your world, perfect situation. Who are they taking at
2: number 24 if everything went right for them? So if everything went right, for me, it would be Trace Jackson Davis or Tristan Vucevic. Oh, I'm um, glad
0: you brought him up. See? Yeah.
2: Okay, I, had not know, I didn't know anything about him, but, yeah. but before
0: someone in our Discord goes, hey, you got to watch this guy to draft combine uh, scrimmages and i watched him like oh wow and he was projected yeah. to be maybe a second round guy seems like he's moving up a bit
2: what do you like about yeah, him he's been in my first round for a while just because i i took the time to watch you know you can that's one of the beautiful things these days like yeah. with youtube and everything you can watch these european games i mean it's yeah. not that not that difficult if you've got a smart tv you can you can figure it out right so um you know do a little Google search and you'll look for a full game of Tristan and you'll find one. And uh, so I watched him and I was thinking, man, this this sure looks like a first-round pick to me. He can shoot. I mean, he can really shoot. Uh, he's big, um, but not such a softy. You know, like is, there have been some bigs that were just shooters in the NBA over the years, say Channing Fry, someone like that comes to mind. I think he's got a little more of that, that uh, toughness and grit um, to go along with the shooting ability. So he's someone that I like, um, as you guys both said, shooting you know you've got to be able to shoot and then if you could shoot then we go from there and look at look at all the rest of the stuff so i like him from that standpoint he'd give the kings a little something different from uh the big spot you know behind sabonis um because he'd be you know so much more of a shooter um uh he's tall he's like you know seven feet tall um and and can handle it a little bit move fluidly um he's definitely someone that could be a sleeper pick at, at twenty four. So here, Trace Jackson Davis, I think um, would would make me happy. I'm a little bit intrigued by Noah Clowney. Okay, uh, from Alabama, he has a ways to go. He's a little bit more one of those captain save a prospect guys where okay. you gotta, um, you know, coach him up. He's in the twenties as a as a three point shooter, but when you watch him shoot, it looks good. It looks, you know, like he, when you watch him, you think, wow, that's a that's an NBA player. He's got the NBA body. He just fits the suit you know what i mean and and he looks like one of those guys that with good coaching and development could could really be a player so um one of those three guys would be great at 38 i love kobe brown from missouri i told you about him being a little bit older so you know that remains to be seen i love oscar schwebway from uh kentucky
0: and they worked him out yeah
2: he has great hands man like um not, not an offensive dynamo or anything like that, but just a pure rebounder. Um, he has the suction cups for, for hands, which I don't throw around, you know, very often. He, he, the ball just is attracted to him. And he, he did some impressive things. If if you look back over, let me see if I can, um, dig up a couple of notes here that I had on Shweewe, because there were a couple of things about him that, that, um, that stood out more so than than some of the other prospects so okay here we go um positive defender um one of the things i always look at is what is your defensive rating versus your team's defensive rating so uh, kentucky 4.7 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor um he's the career leader in SEC box score plus minus so that tells you right there i mean a guy plays two or three seasons um at a school or four seasons in in Oscar's case and he he's the career leader in box score plus minus that's that's a big deal to me uh he does a good job job uh drawing fouls even though he's a a low usage player which tells me that you know he's going to fit in a lot of these guys especially if you're looking at someone at like 24 right we're not talking about someone who's gonna be a high usage guy, is gonna have the ball in his hands and and I mean that's gonna be Fox. That's gonna be Sabonis, right? right? On on this team. And there's gonna be a pecking order. Oscar's one of those guys where you would just throw him out there. You don't ever have to run a play for him. He's gonna get every rebound. He'd be a King's version of Looney, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Um we'll right. take, that. Oh, take yeah. that. Right. So I'm saying To me, if it was a little bit more about need, Oscar really is someone who makes a lot of sense uh, for the Kings. Um, At 38, Julian Strahler might still be there from from Gonzaga. A little bit intriguing with his shooting ability from the wing. Also someone that maybe put me off a little bit with his personality. Some of the things that he said um, seems to be very sure of himself. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) um maybe more so than he should be for a 38th pick uh and then at 54 i really like tumani kamara from dayton he's someone that you should check out he's like a 6869 power forward that can shoot um under the radar guy that was really great he went from portsmouth to the g league ignite camp and then was one of the guys that got invited to the, to the real NBA combine. So, uh, someone to keep an eye on just another, another guy who I think would fit in seamlessly and seems to have that great personality. Bobby, dude,
0: Bobby does his
2: homework does it all. This is
0: what I love about it. Yeah. Um,
2: just, I'm just like obsessed with, with trying to not listen to, <laughs> because there's so many, here's a thing that people need to understand is, you know, like there's, I could think of one guy off the top of my head for sure whose family is actually in the agency business, but he's a draft analyst and gets, you know, followed and mentioned and talks about all these people. And it's like, okay, but who is this family representing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you yeah, consider those things. No, there's, there's
0: absolutely agendas when it comes to mock drafts mm-hmm. uh, and you have to be careful for it. So that's right. why I appreciate you, how you just rank the guys yep. and like the big boards that people do out there. You say you're obsessed. Yeah. Obsession.com. That's why you got to check it out because Bobby's been doing it for years. And I, I think that's the way to go about it. Just rank the players.
2: Yeah. And there was another, um, like the other day, one of the major media, uh, you know, they, they put out a little video of the individual workouts and Grady Dick shows off his explosiveness. And I was like, Okay, let me look at something real quick, and I go back and look at the three-quarter court sprint times for the NBA Draft Combine this year. Grady Dick was dead last. (laughs) Dead last was, let's see, a tenth, no, five one-hundredths of a second slower than Zach Eady in the – You know, so it's like, okay, how explosive is he really? Yeah. We're going back to when someone at Summer League said Papayana showed some quickness. (laughs) I almost (laughs) did a spit take and, and you know what I mean? It's just, you really have to, you can't just take people out there at their word on some of this stuff. You've got to go dig it out for yourself.
0: Well, that's why you're one of the best, Bobby. Uh, Seriously, we can't uh, thank you enough for spending some time with us and, Sure, we'll be bugging you again post-draft to, to get your thoughts on what the Kings did and the rest of the draft.
2: Oh, uh, you guys never bug me. You know that I'm always available to talk hoops anytime. The one and only Bobby Gerald.
1: Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo the podcast that you know, deuce and mo.